We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. Totally cleared the air and it was amazing. And so like valid, great, great advice because I did it. That proves it. (laughs) (laughs) It has been, it has been proven. It worked. Take that to heart. Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, buongiorno from Italy, again. F off. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) No. Um, I'm really just fucking jealous. Um, No, I'm so happy for you and your family. It looks like you're having a beautiful time. Um, I mean. We, We are. I can't. But anyway. We are having a wonderful time. But I will. The patrons. I have to talk loud. <laughs> Did you just get some feedback? Yeah, I got feedback. I'm talking too loud. I have to. All right. I'll try to keep it down. Uh, which I'll tell you a funny story about that. And when I talk about my Italy trip, <laughs> um, we're in a really small hotel room. Oh. Um, oh, the patrons know this already, but I am allergic to Italy. Yeah. Um, one of the patrons made a really good suggestion actually that she thinks it's cottonwood and I've since looked that up and apparently there is a lot of cottonwood here. And so I think that's what it is. Oh, very good hypothesis. Yeah. Um, It's like floating through the air and I'm, so I'm going to be probably clearing my throat a lot in this episode. I have largely recovered, so I will not be. Mm. Yes. Your voice, your voice sounds fully back from karaoke. Yeah. Um, but I, so in addition to, um, my allergies just being like completely fucking haywire here, I also am devastated because I did not bring any of my Sunset Lake products with me. And so I have not felt like I've been sleeping as well. Okay. I have a funny story about Sunset Lake CBD. Uh, Amazing. This was not actually gifted to me. This was purchased. Somebody bought you Sunset Lake CBD? No, 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 no. This was purchased by a friend who listens to the pod. Oh, oh. They make a pet CBD. (gasps) I don't know if you knew that. They do? Yes. I didn't know that. And so we put it – my friend's cat needs to chill the fuck out. And so we are trying to get it to – and like I've said this before that like my friend Mary is a um, supplements buyer – she has given she gives away like a lot of free samples and this cat will not consume any of them like we've tried so hard to hide it in his food like all this shit and finally it will take the drops that's amazing wait one of my cats needs to chill the fuck out then i think you should try it i'm gonna try it i want to try this i had no idea that i should have known that but i did not um 
That's amazing. My So I have this Google sheet of all the stuff that I pack with me on every trip. That's the one thing organized that I do about my packing. It's not clothes. It's like all my toiletries, like, you know, you need to bring a hairdryer, you need to bring an adapter, you need to bring like all of the stuff that I need to bring. And the last time I used it was before I was introduced to Sunset Lake CBD. And that was before I was using any CBD products at all. So it is not on my packing list and thus did not make it into my suitcase. And so we don't have them here. And so we go home tomorrow and I'm excited to start using my drops again. Yeah. Fuck Italy. Yes, CBD. <laughs> yes. Basically, that's the that's the that's the end of it. I know. Um, and then we um and then once we visit their hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont, we can do a direct comparison. Like which is more glam and beautiful. Which is better. Honestly, I've heard Vermont is beautiful. So oh, it could be We need to go I, during the fall. I would like to do a foliage tour. Oh, that would be lovely. And I bet you I won't be sneezing my ass off. True. At Sunset Lake. Um, so yes, they are located outside of Burlington, Vermont. Everything that they do is very like farm to table, artisanal. Like it's all, it's all those like good buzzwords, organic. And not only is it grown with that level of high quality, it is also all third party tested for quality assurance and shipped directly from their farm to your door. So there's not only quality coming from them, other people are testing the quality. It's verified quality. So if you want to check them out, you can go to sunsetlakecbd.com, use our coupon code FMH20 to get 20% off all of their products. Sunset Lake CBD, it's farmer-owned, it's Vermont-grown. FMH20 is going to get you 20% off and also help support us. Okay, so I have a broad variety of updates. Oh, great. I'm here for them. I have like a life update, a boy update. I'm not even calling it a dating update because it's just like a funny story. And then- Um, two phone throwing moments. Wow. All right. I'm excited. So life, I didn't tell you this. Um, I got a new apartment. Fuck. Amazing. Congrats. Yeah. So I'll send you pictures later. But anyway. Yes, please. Um, um, hi, tell me high level. Give me the- I'm moving- Hit me with the highlights. Six blocks from where I currently live. <laughs> Amazing. And it's so cute. It's lovely. It's a two bedroom. It's so much- It's like a huge upgrade space-wise. And Ugh. I'm very excited because I basically like- I live in my – like, the hybrid workplace is not great for my mental health, frankly. And yeah. so I'm very excited to um, have separate space. Um, anyway, it'll be my Incredible. Podcast. I'm so yeah. pumped for you. When do you move? Um, I'm paying to overlap them by a little bit. Yeah. Smart. And so I'm going to move in mid-June. Incredible. Yeah, I've done that the last two times I've moved, and it is amazing to have that yeah. time. I've talked about this on the Patreon already. I was just at a, like, work – retreat for the weekend and Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it was super fun. It was a great experience. And people write in a fair amount and ask us, I think, to talk about kind of work stuff sometimes and kind of being like being a woman in the workplace, things like that. And so I just wanted to talk about my experience a little bit in that I, there's something that I like vowed to my, so the days are all panels and then, um, there's, you know, mix and mingle lunches, cocktail stuff, dinners, whatever. And all kind of the things that you'd expect. And I made it, I personally promised myself I was going to do everything and get into it. And I'm very glad I did. A lot of people skipped 
some panels because they wanted to nap or whatever. And I just decided that, you know, maybe somebody's going to speak and it's somebody that really connects with work I want to do in some way. And so one day that is the door to me emailing them and saying, hey, thank you so much for coming to this retreat. Your panel was incredibly interesting. Sounds like the work you do is X. Next time you need a junior associate on one of your projects, think of me. You know? Absolutely. And then I also promised myself, I, um, I mean, I was about to say, I do small projects for these people. I do small projects for everybody. I, my, my job is meaningless, but, um, I like our, I have, um, I have some, I work on some teams in our like DC and New York offices and they will often use me because I'm three hours behind to file some of their stuff so that like they can go to bed basically one of them is for a very high up person and I just, and so I will email, I'll always email him at night and say like, Hey, so-and-so like, here's the on-file version, like have a great night, you know, whatever. Yeah. The case that I'm on for him has had like a lot of very, very strange filing snafus. And so I just told, I was like, I'm just going to introduce myself. And yeah, so I, said, I like on, the, we had like this dinner on the beach one night that was really fun. And lovely. Um, yeah, it was great. And I was like, Hi, like I'm Rourke. I'm the California like, California junior who's been doing all the filings in this matter. And he's like, oh my God, like those have been so deranged. Like, thank you. He did not say deranged. That, that's me. Um, he was like, those have been so wild. Like, thank you. We're so grateful. And I was like, well, thank you for putting this on. Like, we really appreciate it. It's so nice to all be together. And it was just, you know, a nice interaction. And you know, yeah. am I, is he going to remember me forever? Probably not. But I really think you have to put yourself out there in situations like that. I really believe men would. I I don't think they have any qualms introducing themselves and um, or saying I did X for you. You should know me. And so, you know, I just, I I just decided that if I'm going to be at this event, I need to do the stuff that is going to like, if I am viewing this as something that is good for my career, I need to make it good for my career. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're like your own best advocate and also like should be your own best advocate. Nobody is going to care about your career as much as you do and they shouldn't. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. Uh, I'm so glad it was, uh, felt successful. Yeah. But so the reason I also needed to like share where where I was is because this pretty much like scaffolds every other story. So I was like basically also treating this as a singles mixer. (laughs) I had noticed. So there were the only few guys. Let's let's call that what it is. But uh, there was one guy where I was like, found it. Found the target. Great. When, when did you discover said target? Friday night. Okay. We ended up interact. So I got my first, like, I, I slipped my first interaction in seamlessly. Good job. A guy from my, this guy does not work in my office. But a guy you know, from my do, at this point at this point do you know like where he lives or you, we know nothing about him I know nothing about him I just know that he's definitely not in my office got it there is a guy from my office walking with three other men coming towards me I was getting a glass of wine at the bar mm-hmm. I take the opportunity to be like George why are you defecting from the LA office <laughs> and this guy says oh we're like trying to get him to join the London office. And I look at his name tag and I go, that is not the office that you work in. (laughs) He and I end up chatting. Everybody else Mm -hmm. falls away. I always like to give an out to kind of test interest a little bit. So I was like, oh, 
go back to your friends. Like, I didn't mean to keep you. And he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, I, I want to talk. Like, let's keep chatting. So like, okay. Yeah. He's doing a lot so of he, things. Oh, go ahead. So he's American. He's not, he's not British. Correct. He's not British. I got extra excited for a moment. I know, I know, I know. We were, um, <laughs> yes, this man's American, sadly. He is doing a lot of the things of like grabbing like my arm a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. all that shit. Okay. And yep. then one. All the signs are there. I'm going to give him a literal fake name just to illustrate a point. We're going to call sure. him Christopher. Okay. Okay. And so his, we had to wear name tags with our names in our offices. Yeah. So I said, do you go by Christopher or Chris? Mm-hmm. I like just, he goes, he said, my friends call me Chris, but I always like to start with Christopher because it's like a little too familiar if somebody immediately calls me Chris. Okay. And his name is longer and more formal. And then the shorter is more casual. I like, assumed. It's a more yeah, extreme version of that. But anyway. Yeah. So I said, okay, cool. I'll call you Christopher then. And he goes, oh no, I think we're there. Like you can call oh, me Chris. Oh, we're Chris. And so I'm like, okay, I'm picking up all the signs, whatever. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back to my table. Great to see you. And then there's always like a after dinner kind of like drinks. Yeah. Hang. And he was like, I'll be there later. I was like, okay, cool. See you there. He seeks me. I, I've moved on. I'm bouncing around. I'm having a great time. <laughs> I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not from him. He's very cute. But um, uh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm running around with my friends. He seeks me. He finds me. He seeks me out. He challenges me to a game of foosball. We're like placing bets, like being following me around all night. I like clarified this with people where I'm like, I am not deranged. Yeah. This sounds, this sounds like a very classic, like meet cute flirting situation. Yeah. So anyway, it's getting later and later. We're talking. I like where this is going. And I finally say to him, like, what's going on here? Like, is this like, is this a flirty vibe? And he goes, oh, no, it's not you. I have a girlfriend. What the fuck, Christopher? Uh, seriously. I was like. And I will use his formal name because I'm upset. Like, what? That that really upsets me. Yeah. I think there are like a few levels of why that upsets me. Because I think there is no way. Like, I, it, it, My like initial, there's not no way that he didn't realize. But my initial gut is like, oh, he was having fun doing this, like having this kind of interaction with someone and having like a person, quote unquote, at this event in like a super safe way because the whole time – I'm assuming that he was never intending on doing anything. 100%. 100% agree. Yeah. So I think for – it sounds like it was a like safe, fun thing for him to be doing at your fucking expense. Right. Because then I felt dumb as fuck. Yes. Yeah, and, and you shouldn't like it's not on no. you. I, it became but a running I, I joke would, where I was I kept saying to my friends like, "Remember when I was like flat out rejected last night?" I mean, yeah, but like that. It just oh, I hate that. I've been there. I hate that feeling of being like. I, it's also crappy to do a friend. A hundred percent to like think about the fact that like your boyfriend is out there making other people think that they could get with him. Yeah, what's also wild is like I have his fucking phone number. I have all I have everyone's phone number in here. Oh, that's hysterical. Christopher. I want to show you our our contacts auto-populate with like our firm photos. And so I want to show you. Oh, show me his picture. Oh, here he is. Wait, if I click on his it's not gonna call, right? Oh, thank God. Fuck. 
Um, yeah, it has both his cell and his personal f- uh, and his work phone loaded into this. That's fucking. Can we call his office? Yeah, Imagine no, if we cold called his office. Can you can you see that he did not have all that facial hair? I can't. It's too blurry. But you can see his longer name. I can see his longer name. I understand what he you means. You see why yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, well, that's annoying. Yes, and like I said, I confirmed with like my girlfriends. I was like. I'm not being a complete delusional person about, like, this man was flirting with me. Yeah. And they confirmed. At what, what did you, like, how did you react to him in that moment? I think I literally said, okay, good night. Mm. A true farewell, talk- sir. Did you see him after that? Because you were there the whole next day. Of course I, I saw him after that. <laughs> and, and that's, and like, on Saturday, it, I... I w- did not hide from him. I did not. I very much no, held my head high. Who cares? You did nothing wrong. Yeah. And so we actually talked a few times on Saturday night um, because karaoke competition, we were robbed, finished in third. Total bullshit. Ugh. So I know, tragic. <laughs> he was talking to me afterwards and um, also like before, during dinner and whatnot. So yeah. anyway. But quick phone throwing. That's the tie into the karaoke. All like the, we get back, all the part, like the partners are asking us, like, we heard like you got robbed, like, tell us all about it, you know, da da da. And this of counsel that I'm on a matter with, um, he wanted to see the performance. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I have it on my phone. Like, I can show you. We were this uh, over internal chat. I was like, oh, I have it. Like, I can show you next time you're in the office. Yeah. And he goes, oh, just like text it to me. I was like, great, great. He gives me his phone number. I text him. And, like, it's, you know, like, I type in the number, the blue, like, iPhone, whatever populates, I send. Yep. And he doesn't, like, respond. He doesn't really respond or anything. I, I, I'm i not concerned about that. And then sure. he jabbers me and goes, it's taking a while. Do you have an iPhone? I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's why. I have an Android. Uh-oh. And so I'm like, hey, hold, what? I sent a stranger our karaoke video. Just a full ass, like, into the, I have no clue who this went to. They never told did They you, never did you, did you type the number wrong or did he type the number wrong? I typed the number wrong. Ah. Yep. That's hysterical. I would love to get a karaoke performance of a stranger. Oh, I'm sure you would. That'd be, like, quite I a feel like that might be. You. I was about to say, maybe that's how I'm going to meet my husband. He sends me his karaoke performance. Yeah. My friend met a guy in a bar because he airdropped a photo to her on, like, a Jenga dare. Love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Anyway. So that's it. Um, well, that's a lot. I, you know, karaoke, Christopher. Yeah. Um, and lots of dogs is now in Asia, correct? Yes. Yeah. He's been texting me. He's texted me not every day, but photos, whatnot from the trip. Okay. Um, and how, how are you feeling about that? I, I, I need to. I will deal with it when he gets back to the States. Yeah. And two weeks, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't feel positively. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Ugh. Well, future work problem. Indeed. Indeed. Now, for now, I just have to respond to photos of Singapore. (laughs) Tough life. Tough life you live. Um, Italy. Yes. I'm in Italy. Um, it is our last day here, actually. Um, so I've been here for almost two weeks. So okay, I flew it's in... long. Seriously. 
And it only was one pod recording because um, – oh, Siri thought I was talking to her when I said seriously. Nope, not talking to you. Um, so I flew in last Monday and now it is now Thursday, Italy time. It's late your time, early my – late Wednesday your time, early Thursday my time. Um, yeah. So I've been here for that long. Um, it has been incredible. We started off um, at a wedding in Siena or right outside Siena that was absolutely beautiful, so magical. Um, listen to the Patreon if you want to hear a little bit more about the wedding. Um, and then we went from there to Florence for the weekend. And then we went down to the Amalfi Coast. We were staying in Sorrento and we did a couple day trips. We took a boat trip to Capri. We took, um, my mom and I, then my brother left. He went to meet some friends and my mom and I went to, um, Positano and Amalfi and then yesterday we drove back up to Rome and we did Pompeii on the way. And now we're in Rome. Busy, busy schedule. My God. Yeah. We were just saying yesterday that we have not relaxed like yeah. at all this trip. Um, but it hasn't, fe- that hasn't felt like the vibe. Like I don't want to relax. I want to see stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, but it's been incredible. I've done some amazing shopping. I got custom made shoes in Capri. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I was uh, like really excited about them. We kind of like stumbled on this shoe store um, and I got a hat in Positano, which felt very Amalfi Coast of me. Very. Um, it's like hat the person. Aperol, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, that style of poster? Yes, exactly. It is. And it's that kind of hat. <laughs> um, and so now we're in Rome. And so today we're doing a scooter tour of Rome, like a Vespa tour. Yep. Be um, careful. So we get it. Oh, well, we're not driving the Vespas. Oh, thank God. Yeah. No, no, no. They don't let you drive them if you don't have Vespa experience, which makes total sense, and we do not. Yeah. Um. So we'll be either on the back of Vespas or possibly in a sidecar, which could be kind of fun. That is – you cannot fit in a sidecar. That's you what are we much said. too tall. Will we fit? Will we fit? <laughs> no way. Um, so – I don't know. We'll see. They're picking us up in our hotel in a little bit. Um, and then we're going to do the Sistine Chapel later today and some shopping. Great. And then we go home tomorrow. All the hits. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I've been here for a while. And I originally – so I was talking to – I said this on the Patreon that I had been texting with both the Disco Ball and the Comeback Kid while I'm here. And the Comeback Kid – I was really like initiating most of it. Mm-hmm. And he had texted me after our date um, saying that he had a great time, have so much fun in Italy. We had like gone back and forth a little bit. That was like last weekend or two weekends ago now. Um, I really wanted, especially if he listens to the pod, I don't think he does, or if he's like seen my social media, I really wanted to reiterate with him that like, I like you. I want to keep seeing you like in just in case he had seen the video of that I went to DC to visit someone else. Yeah. So who I also really like, obviously. Um, so I had been kind of like initiating, you know, Hey, here's a picture of me in Italy or like, here's a thing I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. And he was, he responded enthusiastically every time, um, but wasn't like quite initiating. So I was mm. like, okay, like, I think I, I think I did my part of this. You're making yourself. Um, yeah. Yes. And, you know, I'll, I'm going to text him when I get back and I want to see him when I get back. But, you know, maybe I'll kind of let this lie. And then he ended up texting me yesterday, two oh, days ago, great. Um, and kind of checking in. And then we had a whole conversation. So that was great. So I think I'm going to 
I go, so I fly home tomorrow, which is Friday, and then I have the weekend, and then I fly to Orlando for volleyball nationals on Wednesday, and then I'm in Orlando Wednesday to Monday, Memorial Day weekend. It's like um, which makes me, which made me realize too. I think it's like a year ago. We're like coming up on a year from my vi- from my visit. We are, yeah, because you visited right before, right after. It was before Memorial. Before Memorial Day, the weekend before Memorial Day. Yeah, so like this weekend is a year from your visit. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that and that I need to get some sleep before then because that is like a wild trip. No sleep. It's like we like joke that it's like that TikTok sound of like bus, bus, plane, another bus, train. Like that's like how club, nationals is. Club. Um, yes, basically, yeah, club, club, exactly. But it's basically like gym, bar, pool, gym. Another bar, another bar, another pool, nice. another gym. Like, that's basically what it is. Anyway, um, so I want to see him this weekend. And so I think I'm going to text him maybe today um, and, like, ask what he's up to for the weekend because he doesn't know when I'm coming back. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So, like, I think I actually – I think he actually might think I'm basically going straight to Orlando. I don't know if he knows – I don't think he knows I have any time in New York. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure he'd enjoy that being clarified. Yes. So I will do that. Um, and then – I kind of a weird dream about him last night, actually. Oh, I'll, ta- I'll talk. I'll talk about weird. it on the Patreon. I wrote it down okay. to talk about on the Patreon. Um, I'm gonna actually write it down in my updates notes right now. Um, come back, kid, dream. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird, but whatever. And then the disco ball and I have been keeping in good touch. Um, I woke up this morning to a photo dump of the last few days for him. So we haven't, like you, kind of like you said, we haven't been talking every day, um, but like. I'll send him a picture. He'll send one back. You know, he'll, he'll, you know, say whatever, how things going. Um, and so this morning I woke up to like, where in the world are you? Here's a photo dump for my week. Um, with a bunch of like very cute pictures of him and his family and his dog and some stuff. So, Oh, that's awesome. Really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and per usual, I woke up and saw it and had this like just big ass grin on my face. So, Aww. yeah. Precious. Yes. Um, and hilariously, um, listeners and followers have started sending me anytime they encounter a disco ball. I think that's really cute. It's hysterical. I've been screenshotting all of them and putting into putting them into a disco ball folder just like for potential future use. If this if this ha- ends up having legs, I think that will be really cute. Yeah. Um, so, yes, please continue to do this, people. I really like it. <laughs> I think regardless of how it works, we should do like a disco ball sweatshirt. I think that'd be really cute. I think so too. I think so too. It's very um, aesthetic. <laughs> yes, very yeah, very aesthetic, and also just has become a symbol. Like it's yeah, it ha- especially with the emoji release, it has taken on a life of its own. Yeah. So well, he actually asked me when I was down there last weekend, like knowing everything you know now, what would my nickname be? Because I gave him the nickname when I barely knew him at all. Right. So he was like, knowing everything you know now, what would my nickname be? I was like, and I couldn't think of one. I just like the disco ball so much and it's become like so much, it's like such the symbol for him now. Yeah. And I I actually think it weirdly works. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. So the, like, I mean, he is the person that I would like want to be dancing under a disco ball with, like in terms of his personality and like all that stuff. And we fucking did. Yeah. So I have a disco ball story that I'll save for Patreon. (laughs) Amazing. Love that. Um, yeah, so that's how things are going with that. And, uh, um, I do have, before we get into our weird or not, our topic talk, I do have one callback question, um, that we got from a listener about last week's episode with Matt. Oh, great. So she was talking about 
Matt's strong disapproval of the word adventures in a woman's profile. And so she said, this is what she said. She said, I was curious what y'all thought of his reasoning. I have adventures in my profile because I genuinely enjoy trying new things, taking the path less taken, finding hidden gems, etc. but definitely would not expect a man to be the one, quote unquote, taking me on adventures. I take myself on adventures. I solo travel to the Maldives and Sri Lanka, frequently take many adventures, blah, blah, blah. It was an interesting and unexpected POV on women, including that term in their dating app profile. I had no idea that men might take that as pressure or an expectation that women had for men. What do you and Rourke think of that reasoning? I think that this might tie into what we were talking about with him about how men have this mantle of, it's like what we were saying about the ultimatum where they need to be financially stable before they can do X Mm. or they need to be, they need to have their shit together or be at a certain place in their career. And women, I think often view that as an excuse which it might be, but I think that there is reality to that pressure. And so I can totally see men seeing it through that lens of, uh Oh, like there's this thing she really likes to do. I really hope I can support her doing that financially, like all of it, you know? And so I can definitely, I didn't read it as like a, Oh, she's going to be so annoying demanding that she that I take her places. It's more like, "Oh, I I I want to provide. Like I hope I can provide this like she clearly expects me to provide this thing. I don't I don't know if I'm capable." Yeah, well, the other thing I think that Matt was saying too, I totally agree with that. And the other thing I think he was saying was that or backing up. I think something that comes in here is that we read implications into things based on the way that those things have played out for us in the past. Yeah. So I think something that could be, we didn't get into that with Matt, but something that could be at play here is he could have experiences with women where they say they like to do things and they expected him to come up with those things. Totally. Because one of the other things he was saying was that it wasn't even just the financial part. It was like they expected him to plan and execute all of these amazing adventures. Right, right, right. And it sounded to me at the time, we didn't have time to get into it, but it sounded to me at the time that like that came from an actual experience that he had. Totally. Kind of like a weird thing to just assume otherwise. Yeah, very specific. Yeah, like really specific. And so, but I think we do that all the time. Like we see, and I see this all the time when I do um, dating app, the like swipe with me program that I do where I swipe with people. I see this all the time where they will read something on someone's profile and say, oh, well, that means this. And Mm -hmm. I always ask, why do you think that? And the reason is because it has meant that for someone else that they encountered. Okay. Show that we both love Temptation Island. Yes. I was listening to a podcast interview with the host, Mark Wahlberg, and he said that his go-to opening question is, what did you see? Rather mm-hmm. than allowing himself to react to what he feels like just played out, he always asks them. I'm not setting this up well. The The couples have to watch these videos of the other partner yeah. doing usually doing something inappropriate with somebody of the opposite gender. And yeah. so um, – and sometimes it's like emotional. Sometimes it's physical. And so – He'll all like the host will often start by saying, "What did you see?" And the I have person noticed will see that like, he starts like that. Yeah, it's it's 
it totally makes sense. Yeah. And then he will often, when the person says what they saw, he will often be like, really? Because I saw this. Yeah. And like try to point out to them that, you know, their perception is not necessarily reality. Mm -hmm. All that to say, circling back to this listener's question, that I think adventures is one of those words that is so broad, it means something different to everyone. So like, even if you are not expecting the other person to plan these adventures for you, just the word adventures. Like she said that she traveled by herself to the Maldives and Sri Lanka. Just put that. that. Put that. Yeah. Like that is a very high level of adventure. Yeah. On the on a regular, you know, on a normal scale, there are other people who might think that an adventure, and this would be totally valid for them, just to be clear, that might think that an adventure is like getting out of the city and going on a hike. Yeah. And that's totally valid too. Put that. Yeah. My version Put of the adventure is just like thing. eating new food. Like Yeah. Which again, totally valid. <laughs> Put the specific thing. Don't use the general word. Yeah. So, and I think that applies to like anything, not just adventure. It's like that doesn't help me. I need to. Ha- I need to know a specific thing. Totally. Very well said. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less, and part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really could still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast, they have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So anywho, long topic, to, a long, long update section this week, but I think yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Transitioning into our topic talk, because our weird or not is topic related, we are talking about conflict and arguments in relationships and romantic and otherwise. I'm excited for this because you and I have talked about before privately how we have sort of pretty different relationships to anger Mm -hmm. in terms of how in tune we are with ourselves and expressing anger. And so I'm I'm excited for this. Yes, me too. Um, And so we'll start with our weird or not. And our weird or not is... They are willing to go to bed angry. Um, This one almost dovetails with the myths, huh? Because. It does. Because the, the myth buster is you should never go to, like, yeah. never go to bed angry being the myth buster, right? Yeah, you're uh, totally right. Busted. Go uh, to bed 100%. angry. Go, yeah, do it. Definitely Please go to bed it. angry. <laughs> uh, Please go to bed angry. Yeah. I mean. Because I guarantee you, you will feel better when you wake up. It will not help. To grind that stone into a paste. <laughs> do, no. do not do that. Anyway, so I don't think this is weird. I'm very comfortable doing this. Um, but then with the factor of the myth, I'm, I'm, not, I'm say, not comfortable doing this. But I, I, I know that I should, and I also don't think it's weird. I'm gonna say sixty weird, forty not weird, forty not sixty weird. Yeah. Oh, you think people – you don't think it's weird, but you think people do. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, got it. Okay. Um, no, people agree with you. Oh, good. Oh, love yeah. That. It was only 23% weird. Great. And 77% nah. Good conflict management, people. Yeah. And most people in the nah camp said things along the lines of what we just did, like sleep helps. You know, it's a good reset. Doesn't help to continue to talk about something ad nauseum when you're still in that, you know, flooded place. We'll talk yeah. about flooding later. Um, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, and then most of the people who said weird are in the, you know, more quote unquote traditional camp of, you know, don't like let something fester basically. Um, but personally, I think it's not festering when you're sleeping. It's just potentially being helped. Agreed. And I don't think, I think if you're at the point of having an argument that has either lasted until bedtime or that's no longer an issue of festering to me. Festering is something that something happened and you're trying to decide if you bring it up at all. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. It's, it's like, also what, what if you, what if you got into an argument like right before bed? Now you're like, shit, now I need to, now we have to stay up and deal with this. Like it's not necessarily a festered thing. So I was happy that the listeners um, were on the same page there. So maybe a good place to start is to talk about what you said, our, our different kind of relationships with anger and, and what that's looked like for us yeah. in the past. And then we can get into questions. Yeah. I mean, I, I've actually talked, I, I've, one of my therapy goals when I started therapy about two, maybe two years ago now mm-hmm. was to get more in touch with anger and I don't know that we've exactly figured out. I mean, as with anything, you know, it all goes back to childhood. But um, <laughs> my mom's going to love this one. Um, well, my mom is sitting next to me, so. Oh, true. Um, <laughs> and I think that – what was I going to say? Shit. Oh, I think part of the reason that I never developed a healthy relationship to anger – is in part because of being an only child. Mm. And I very rarely had to navigate what it's like to love or like somebody and also be angry with them. I would obviously get frustrated. I would be upset with my parents for, you know, setting a limit somewhere where I didn't want it, whatever. But Mm -hmm. there was always a explicit power dynamic of, you listen to mom and dad and you can, you know, rattle the cage of what that means to be a child and a family. But I, I was never confronting a peer with anger mm. and saying, you hurt me. You know, we are equals and you did this thing to me. Yeah. And I, and that's why I think I, I had a, I had a couple really rough friend situations in college uh-huh. That I had a very difficult time extricating myself from because I was so poor at being willing to deal with conflict and express boundaries or displeasure about something. Um, yeah. And so it really took college for me to learn. That's not true. It did not take college. It's taken actually until I was 32 to <laughs> learn how to navigate these types of conversations. And so, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I, I have always been quick to anger. I'm still quick to anger. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm in quite good touch with my, with anger. <laughs> like my therapist would laugh if I was like, yeah, somebody else said that they were going to therapy to get more in touch with their anger. She'd be like, oh, we don't want to do that here. <laughs> Uh, we don't do that here, Allie. We don't do, we don't do that here. Um, but I, I think, and that's not entirely true, right? Because I think yeah. I, I think being not necessarily quick to anger, but being very in touch with the fact that I'm feeling angry is that in and of itself is not the bad thing that I, not bad, but not the, totally. that is not the thing that I work on. The thing that I work on is I am feeling this anger. Now what? Mm. It's not to not feel the anger. Right. Totally. I'm not going to change that about myself. And I'm not, I don't necessarily want to. But it's more like how do I how do I then navigate it to maybe not feel as much anger when this thing happens the next time? Yeah. Because I don't want that thing to anger me and I need to figure out why it is. Or, okay, I have been angered by someone or by something. Now what am I – how am I going to react to that in a healthier way? Yeah. Which is something that I certainly did not do as a kid. I mean, what, what kid reacts to anger in a super healthy way? But like, you know, that was I was the temper tantrum kid. Yeah. And, you know, and through preteen, it got better when I was a teenager. Um, but I think from like a acting out my anger perspective. But that is something, something that I really worked on is feeling I feel flooded by emotion really easily. Mm-hmm. And that's a term that I learned through therapy. And also, funnily enough, I got a – so I subscribed to um, the Gottman Institute's newsletter. We've oh, talked yeah, about the well, Gottmans before. They're yeah. incredible. They happened to send an, an email newsletter about conflict this week. Whoa. Very timely. Yeah. The title of the Gottman's newsletter this week was Self-Soothing Tips for High-Conflict Couples. There you go. And I got that and was like, how, Gottman's, I know you're smart, but how did you know that? <laughs> um, and so I, w- I was reading it and I was, you know, kind of like reading what they were, you know, talking about in, in terms of flooding. And that's something that I often feel, which is where you are overwhelmed by an emotion or by a feeling and you're therefore an often anger and you're therefore really unable to process what's being said unable to like actually listen to somebody and you're just so overwhelmed with anger. And I've talked about this on the pod before where like, I feel this like intense feeling of overwhelming anger. Oh, I have, it doesn't happen. So fascinating to me. Like, it doesn't happen to me as much anymore. So differently. Like I remember like, cause you know, I'll recount stories about PowerPoint. She's like, and how did you feel in that moment when he said that to you? Yeah. And sort of like take everything in and like, I don't, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm just like, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. I, so let me read, I emotional, I'm going to read the, the quick definition that they have okay. when of, of emotional flooding, they call it a riptide. And when I first read this and my, um, my therapist actually sent me the Gottman's article on flooding because she's like, this is you. It's, They said, when caught in one of these riptides, you may have the physical sensation of something taking hold of your body. Your muscles clench, your temperature skyrockets, your stomach turns. With a mind in overdrive, you're deaf to anything your partner says. Sometimes when you're all caught up, your thought process is not sound. However, that is not likely to dampen your urge to fight or flight. Wow. 
so it's a sensation of feeling psychologically and physically overwhelmed during conflict, making it virtually impossible to have a productive problem-solving discussion. It's one of the reasons why I know that I need to go to bed angry. That makes total sense. Because then it can bring your nervous system back down. Yes. Because when I am flooded and when people are flooded, it is impossible to have a productive conversation. Um, and so that that so that's my relationship with anger. When I when I get angry or or upset, I get so overwhelmed by that emotion that it just it just takes over my whole nervous system. What something you said reminded me of something. A friend of mine just recommended a book um called Nonviolent Communication. Oh. And it has great re- a friend of hers who who's in a relationship read mm-hmm. it, recommended it and so she got it and she says it's very good. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. check that out. Yeah. Anyway. Um so yeah, so I've noticed that and I've gotten a lot better at it. I am not as good at it when I am very stressed or when I am very tired. Make, also makes sense. Yeah. Like I, there was a there was a night actually here in Italy where I got – for some reason I just couldn't fall asleep. I got like two and a half, three hours of sleep. I was so tired. I was basically a zombie. And so, uh, my brother and I got into like a little tiff. And I got so emotionally flooded I started sobbing at oh, the breakfast no. table. Oh, Yeah. And I almost left because I just – I was like, I'm so flooded. I'm going to like – fucking freak out right now and there were a lot of people around um but i figured it out we talked about it later but um yeah it still it still happens but it doesn't it doesn't typically happen to that extent anymore but i was extremely tired so my like all of the skills that i have built were just fucking gone because i had no i had no buffer between like my raw soul and the world (laughs) totally on three hours of sleep wow yeah. So, so I think that uh, there's like a lot of places we could start with this. Yeah. Um, do you have, do you have a preference? No. I, sorry. I, cause I, I just, I have a lot of, I, I, I think this will have to be a series. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I actually think this is going to be the first conflict one or whatever we yeah. decide to call it. Cause we, yeah, yeah. spoiler alert, we don't decide what we're going to call something until, or you don't decide until like, the, the day before yeah so the, whatever this will be called um i think i think a, a nice place to start might be so a couple people asked about how to know when to have a conflict like how do you know when to bring something up versus when to let it go and it brought me back to something we talked about with therapy jeff totally who also submitted my favorite submission that I posted to my story, um, which is how do I win every argument but still stay connected? That's really funny. <laughs> um, he also submitted a couple others, act- actually good ones. Um, oh, love. He's great. He's so amazing. Um, but what we talked about with Jeff, we talked about how do you know when to bring something up? And he suggested that a good barometer for that is when that thing that's bothering you is going to affect how you're acting or how you're behaving towards that person. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, perfect. Like, I, I don't even think we need to like build on that. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's absolutely perfect. Um, and you know, if it's something that you can just like accept and move forward from great. If it's something that's going to be continuously bothering you and affecting how you're acting towards them, then yeah, say something. I would also, I, okay. I just said we don't need to add anything. I'm going to add something. <laughs> I think 
you also need to think about not only is it changing your behavior to the other person, is it changing your behavior to yourself? Mm-hmm. Because something like that I've something that I think I've mentioned on the main pod is that towards the end of my relationship with PowerPoint is when I started, I kind of, I started really, really restricting my eating and I got really thin Yeah, and it's because I was absolutely miserable at, at the end. And so that like, look at that too, you know, are, are you still taking care? Like, is your self, are you perceiving yourself in the same way still, you know, yeah. because that's or really not. good advice. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, So another thing sort of at the beginning, somebody asked how to navigate your first fight when dating. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Yeah. Has this happened to you recently? No, because I mean, I haven't dated anybody in a more long term. Like I never fought with the rower. I'm trying to think if we ever even had a conflict. We didn't. I had a big fight with the classmate once. Yeah. I yeah. remember that. It's a good question and it's an interesting question, especially because I actually don't consider myself quite like a fighter. Mm. I, I would consider myself – like I would say that partners and I all the time have disagreements. No yeah, Oh, yeah. But a true fight for me in my relationship history is pretty small. And I think to that end where I'm not super connected to my anger. Yeah. Actually, if you want to hear about a time where I honored my anger and then I think handled it quite well, listen to the Patreon. Yes, I was just thinking that actually. Yeah. Um, And honestly, like my ability to do that story I told is thanks to therapy because typically I just Mm -hmm. would have like eaten that whole experience and been been salty internally forever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. So one night, the classmate, I – Met him. I had been doing stuff all day, um, including us recording. And Mm -hmm. he was out having like a late dinner with a friend. He was saying, he said, come meet us. So I did. And just like sheer coincidence, because I knew the restaurant they were at and because I knew the parking was shit, I happened to Uber. And I genuinely question, I'm like, thank God I fucking Ubered. Yep. So... He and his friend were like three, not three sheets, but like they were drunk. And, <laughs> and so I was like, oh God, like I'm going to, like, it was not a great vibe coming in as stone cold sober. And I think it was our old, it was our old recording schedule. So it was, a, or no, it was our new recording schedule. So it was a Sunday night. I yeah. I did not want to be, I, I didn't have a drink when I got there. I had no interest in that. And um, I then... I was like, it's fine. Like I'll drive. Fortunately that I Ubered and he then goes on like this, like diatribe about, so first of all, he's being very difficult about me driving. Like Like letting me wanted to drive. Yes. Hmm. And I was like, this is not negotiable. This is not a conversation. I am driving. Right. And finally, like I convinced him, whatever. And then he, I would say, I would say the classmate was somebody who was at a certain point would, is somebody who, you know, has like, there's like angry drunks, sad drunks, like hookup drunks, like whatever. Like he would be like a sad drunk. Mm -hmm. And 
so then we're in the car. I'm driving back to his apartment. And he, like, ends up saying a lot of, like, things that – not, like, mean things necessarily, but unacceptable things to me where he was saying, like, why are you even bothering to drive me? Like, you don't care about me. Like, clearly stuff that is not about me at all. Nope. And, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And – that was a great example too. That actually ha- had to go to bed and green because I was like, absolutely nothing productive is happening right now. Mm-mm. So got him home, left him there, and I sent him a text and said, "We need to talk tomorrow. Like, I love you and everything is okay, but we need to talk about how you spoke to me tonight." Yeah, and because I needed him to like have, I needed him to remember that. Like, I, I he, I don't think he was blackout, but I had to make sure. And so he came over the next day and I very plainly laid out for him, like, this was not acceptable. You, I, I made some guesses as to the patterns that I thought that he was replaying. Mm. And I said, how I think this played out sounds pretty familiar to me as to what you've mentioned about other relationships in your life. And here are some guesses. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he was like, nope, nope, that all checks out, da, da, da. And so I said, okay, so you have no evidence that I'm like any of those people. You, like, you cannot, like, I was like, you can't enact those on me. This is going to be the last time that happens. And he was super receptive, completely heard me. And I think something I I, I said on the podcast at the time, and I, I still say is that something I actually really appreciate and this goes to our point is every time we had any form of a disagreement, whether it was kind of that experience or small things, I always felt like things were like much better after Mm. where I felt like relieved. I felt relaxed after bringing it up. Like I felt like after it was over, like we had gotten somewhere. Whereas with the student, we'd had the same fight over and over again and afterwards, I would be like, how are we hugging again? Like, we <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing was resolved. Yeah. Like, I, how did we get here? That's what I felt with me and the oyster. And I was trying to think back to what our first fight was. Because, I mean, the oyster was my last serious relationship. Yeah. And I was trying to think back to what was our first fight. And I can't even remember. And it's, it's likely because we had so many subsequent ones that I like, I'm not even remembering when that dynamic began. Yeah. It obviously wasn't immediate though. I wouldn't have been con- into yeah, him no, on our second no date. We were screaming at each other. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember when it was, but I remember having that same feeling though of when we were quote unquote made up mm-hmm. thinking like, are we made up? I'm not made. Is he made up? Like we haven't, Nothing has been resolved. Yes. Yes. Where it's like, truly, how the fuck did we get from A to B? Like, right. Yeah. And he, and he was so used to fighting, making up, fighting, making up, fighting, making up that for him, he was like, oh yeah, we fought and now we're okay. Like, okay, but we didn't resolve the reason that we fought and the ways that we each handled ourselves during that conflict to make sure that it doesn't happen in that way again. And lo and behold, it happened in that way again, time and time again. Yeah. Because we never actually resolved it and couldn't ultimately. 
Yeah. And so to actually answer the person's question, God, this is like a ranty episode. Um, (laughs) I think evaluate how you feel after. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you came to ground on what was, what was at issue and how you're moving forward? And then I also think you can be kind of cute about it. Like, I think you'd be like, oh my God, that was our first fight. Like, how do we do? Uh, what, what would you grade I've, us? Like, I have actually, I have actually done that before. Yeah. Not with the oyster, with somebody else. Yeah. I have done that before. Um, I did it with ASV. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because he and I, and he and I actually talked about after our first fight, which I don't even remember what it was about now, but it was, be- it was before we were long distance. So it was actually like very pretty early. And I said something joking like that. And he and I actually ended up talking through the ways that we wanted to fight. Interesting. And what did you yeah. say? What, what, what were those? We talked about like coming at the problem as the issue. So a lot of, a lot of um, conflict advice and the Gottman's talk about this too. Um, the Gottman Institute, by the way, people ask about resources. The Gottman Institute is incredible in general. Yeah. Um, and they talk a lot about thinking about the the thing you're fighting about, the problem. That is the enemy. Ah. You are trying to resolve that thing. You are not fighting each other. You are fighting that thing that you don't agree on. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's like – it seems like a really simple – thing but it actually really helps to have a mindset shift like that yeah where you're like oh no you you my partner are not the issue the issue is that we disagree on this thing and so we talked about how that's how we and it didn't always work obviously like we didn't always of course well and i and i i'm now i think better at it because i had that experience with him and i was able to then take that into my work with my current therapist who I wasn't seeing at that time and work on it with her and say, this is what I want to do. How do I get better at it? But that was one thing we talked about. And then we also talked about not belaboring something if both of us were getting flooded, Mm. which at the time was not something I was good at. I've talked a lot about how I dated him right after my dad died and I I, I was flooded by everything all the time. Totally. And I wasn't great at recognizing that. And therefore like the final fight that I had with him right before he broke up with me, I was trying to push the issue and have, Mm. and have a conversation when we shouldn't have. Yeah. That I'm not saying that's, he should have broken up with me over that, but, but that is ultimately what happened. How do you handle the feeling of, cause this is something I always do after arguments or disagreements is that feeling of, Oh God, I should have said X. Mm. And what do you do if it's actually kind of something important that you actually still think needs to be said, but you don't really want to reopen it? Like, what do you do? Oh, man. I I think it it depends on what it is. True. Because I think if it is a a way that – something that could be considered constructive towards solving that issue Mm – then I think it makes sense to say like, hey, I was reflecting on this disagreement that we had and I thought about a way that would help me or help us avoid something like that in the future, like something that like I think would be helpful. Mm-hmm. I think if it is a, 
I thought of another thing I'm mad about, then like that I think you need to give some serious thought because I, that will open up an additional conflict. And maybe you need to because maybe that thing that you thought about is now something that's going to affect your behavior. Yeah. But those are sort of two different two different things. Totally. It's actually – it's funny that that's – I totally agree with your advice because um, I think that's what worked really well for the, how my Patreon story concluded. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Basically – I had had a conflict. I slept on it. And the next day I said, I'm going to be honest. I'm still stuck on what happened yesterday. Can we get on the phone and talk today? Yeah. Totally cleared the air and it was amazing. And so like that, great, great advice because I did it. That proves it. <laughs> <laughs> it has been, it has been proven. It worked. Take that to heart. And then what about, so now, um, sort of this might be a reason why you've thought of something later. There, How do you prevent kind of shutting down to these dialogues and get getting kind of either bullied into silence or kind of too afraid to speak up or something like that? I mean, bullied into silence, that's that's probably not a really that's something different. Being, but. Yeah. Oh, I, I also wanted to say up at the top of this episode that there – that. This, this episode and, and talking about conflict is not meant to address any sort of abuse or any, you know, any relationships like that. Um, I think just want to just make that blanket disclaimer up front like we did when we talked with Therapy Jeff about, you know, those kind of relationships. And if you think that you are in a situation like that, please, you know, seek out those resources. Yeah. Um, I I think that that is where, again, the whether it's sleeping on it or, you know, sometimes sleep is not an appropriate thing at the time if it's like the morning, but walking away from the situation to not be so overwhelmed that you feel like you're going to shut down can be helpful. And what has been helpful for me, and this dovetails with another question we got about how to make sure that you're, or how to do a better job of expressing what you want to express, is write things down. Yeah. Like I have actually... I, one time to the oyster, I wrote him, and this was at the behest of my therapist, I wrote him a letter that I actually read to him. I didn't give it to him in letter form. I read it out loud. But I wrote it down, wrote down the things that I was feeling and the ways that I wanted to say those things. And then I read it to him. And I asked him at the top, I, I basically said, please, I'll take questions at the end. <laughs> uh, please hold hold questions. <laughs> yes. Basically, that's what I said. I basically said, like, I I really want to get some things across to you. And I, I haven't done a good job of – and I took ownership of at the top. I took ownership of the fact that I have done a bad job of getting these things across to you in the past. And it, it has led to fights. And I, I don't want that to happen here. Spoiler alert anyway. Um, but I've written them down. So that I can say them the way that I want to say them. And I would love to just be able to get through this on my own. And then we can talk about it. Yeah. So then how do you balance just like following up on that? And something I think can be difficult is when do you say something in the moment versus waiting a little bit until you can kind of make your – edit your response a little bit, you know, what do you do? 
it's so tricky because on the one hand, you don't want things to fester. You don't want to be like, on May 2nd of 2019, you did this and I hated it. I actually have a list. I have an inventory. Yeah, I've been keeping track of all the things you've done that have bothered me. Oh my god, one of the what? Sorry, this is an aside, but one of the one of the fights that the oyster and I got in, I said something that had bothered me that had happened. I don't know. It maybe was the week prior, and he said he was like, "Oh, are we keeping things of list th- lists of things that bother us? Because I can start doing that. I can start tracking the things that bother me about you. I'll come oh, back to you with a list." Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so th- there's that, but then there's also so like there's the you know in the moment feedback in terms of like, ooh, hey this thing but it also might not be helpful in that moment maybe you're in public maybe you're with friends you know maybe you're feeling a certain way about it in the moment but you might not later so i don't know i don't know if there's a one-size-fits-all answer to that what do you think i agree i think that i always so i'm gonna i'm gonna tie this into a question that i saw from therapy jeff which is fighting in public yeah there's nothing I love more than watching a public fight. I will not fight in public. I will not fight in public. I think that the you should wait as kind of as long as you can so that it's healthy for you and then intersect that with your first opportunity. Yeah. So don't let an opportunity go by because you're trying to make your response so refined or perfectly packaged or something. But don't leap at the opportunity to bring something up if you're out to dinner or with his parents or, you know, whatever. And um, so, yeah, I think that's the, that's the nexus. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And to therapy, Jeff's question, fighting in public. No, thank you. Yeah. No, not that I haven't done it. The, I feel like I'm just shitting on the oyster this whole time, but whatever. Um, somebody else asked, like, relationships that taught you taught as each of us the most about conflict, good or bad. And the oysters, my relationship with the oyster, as evidenced by the fact that I've referenced him a million times already, definitely taught me the most in how I don't want to be and the kind of person I don't want to be with. But also taking ownership of the person that I was in reaction to that. Yeah, totally. But he used to say things to me in public that he knew were going to cause a fight and then be mad at me when I was upset about them. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Like there was this one time we were watching, he was visiting me in San Diego, which was a whole thing because he didn't book his flights until like the day before he came. Um, I just didn't, truly didn't know if he was going to come and meet my family. And yeah, we were sitting on the beach with a couple friends of mine, three or four friends. And we were watching the sunset and I was kind of cuddled up with him. And I said, like, oh, this is so lovely. Like, wouldn't you, like, you know, um, we had been talking that week about the fantasy of us living in San Diego together. And I was like, oh, imagine if this was our life, you know, we could just like be sitting here on the beach every night, cuddled up watching the sunset. And he, there is a guy friend of mine that he was extremely jealous of for absolutely no reason. Um, We will call him Mike for the purpose of this sentence. And he said, well, wouldn't you rather be sitting here with Mike? What an insane thing to say. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, that is ruining. That is an unforced error. That is ruining a moment by choice. That is crazy. <laughs> unforced error. I love that. Yes, ru- that is. I love that phrase. That is ruining a moment by choice. He did that why? all the time. Yeah. Like you. Why did you say that? We hadn't been talking about Mike. We had like nothing related to him. Jesus. Also, just like as a side note. Mike's ex-girlfriend is one of my close friends, and she was there. <gasps> she was sitting. She didn't hear him say it. He said it like into my ear, but she was there. I'm like, just imagine. I said this to him later. I'm like, if she had heard you say that, I would have had to then. I would have had to then explain to her that you have this unfounded, wild jealousy about Mike that is not true and. Otherwise, she would think that I like have the hots for have had the hots for her ex boyfriend and have like never told her and there's something going on. Yeah. And anyway, so that happened, and I was obviously very upset. I like locked it up until we separated from my friend, and then we were like waiting for an Uber to go home, and like that's like I like could not not do it anymore. Yeah. And so we were we were fighting in the he like kept saying things, and we were fighting in the Uber. And when we got out of the Uber at my mom's house, he apologized to the driver for me. He said, I'm so sorry about her. Oh, no. Yeah. Not okay. You just created the – that was actually like the moment I decided to break up with him. I broke up with him when we got home the next week. Um, You created this whole situation, sir. And then pinned it on me. Yeah. That is so fucked. Yeah. So fighting in public, no. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. To answer therapy Jeff's question. Um, so we should end soon. Yes. Because the episode's really long. Yeah. Um, so what should we end with? And then we can we can pick up on all the other questions I feel like, later. I feel like we're talking a little bit about sort of like how you ha- – like we're kind of on this topic of like how you handle fighting. Like mm-hmm. shut down, flee, like that type of thing. Yeah. And so I want to talk – about one that I saw that I relate to, which is somebody who cries when they have hard conversations. Oh, yes. I loved those questions. I'm, I I will just cry. And it's not exactly because I'm sad. It's just like, it's just a, it's just a response that you have. And it's emotion. Yeah. So I will, I will often just tell the person like, I'm going to cry. I am not sad. We're going to get, it'll pass. We're going to get through it. And we're going to, I'm going to make my point. Yep. Then it, we just do, you know, and it's fine. So I think just like sharing that that's the response that you're having and kind of getting that out has been my best strategy. Um, Like I've even had to, I've, I've even had to do that with like a colleague where we, we, I was like in a very hard work situation and I called her for advice and I was like, I'm about to get emotional. Like, here's the deal. (laughs) And then just like, I, I was going to say, I have said that at work. And I haven't, and I, I used to apologize for it and I don't do that anymore. I just say like, I just want to let you know. I've said that when I've had to bring up difficult conversations with managers or like other people that I've had work conflicts with. And we got a few questions about work conflicts, which maybe we can get into when we do our second installment of this. But yeah. I have said up front, I just want to let you know that when I get overwhelmed or frustrated and have conversations like these, I often cry. So I probably will. Yeah. And I just, I just want to let you know to prepare you. And I've also said that to partners. Um, And I actually, 
I've already brought it up to the disco ball. Oh. I bring it up early. Smart. Like I mentioned that I am a, I, I usually frame it as like, I'm a crier. Like I, I cry easily. I, it's just a, an emotional response of mine. Yeah. And just so that you know. Yeah. No, I love crying. It feels so good. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any issue with it, but I have I been think told I, in. How many times? I think I cried four times on Monday. <laughs> well, Monday. Yeah. Monday. Monday was a doozy for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, when I was so overwhelmed and tired and got in that fight with my brother, I just immediately started sobbing. Yep. That was like an extreme example. But I have had partners in the past accuse me of manipulating them through my tears. Disagree, sir. Uh, fully. And yeah. I I know that there are people who do that. I know yes. that there are people right. who who utilize emotion and tears to manipulate others. Mm-hmm. What frustrated me in those moments is that I didn't feel like my partner trusted that I was not that person. Yeah. Like if you think that I am purposefully manipulating you, you should not be dating me. Precisely. I didn't say that at the time because I didn't have this perspective. (laughs) Yeah. But so anyway, so in just to, you know, directly answer the question of how to navigate a hard conversation when you cry easily like you can't help it and somebody else asked how to stop i I don't know that i would try to do that yeah i will say that's your response i've learned a trick that the same way it's a reverse psychology trick that just like you giggle harder when you tell yourself you can't laugh in a library or church because you know it would be inappropriate yeah you tell yourself cry cry right now this is very sad you should be crying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I will literally tell, like, talk to myself that way. And it, you can't, that does help me get it under control. And also keep breathing. That yeah. really helps. I find that I will, it really calms, it'll, it'll just calm you also to breathe. Like breathing is good advice, period. But yeah. I'll notice that like my breath will get really shallow and mm. when I cry. And so if I just keep breathing, I, I tend to have better even just a little bit better control of like my language ability through te- even if I am going to keep crying. Yeah, I saw this on TikTok and so I've not tried it myself, but it was um it was recommendations for not crying during work conflicts like on Zoom, so it was like things that you could do that the camera won't see, and one of them was to hold ice. Oh, that's a classic DBT trick. Yeah, so I've I've never tried that myself. Um, but maybe go for it. Um, but I, I also have found that this is similar to how, um, telling somebody that I am prone to anxiety soothes my anxiety. I, when I have told my partner or the person that I am about to talk to that I might cry and gotten their like acceptance and understanding on that, it doesn't happen as much. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to do a, a part two and maybe even a part three. Yeah, we didn't even so this will be the an surface. ongoing dialogue. Definitely. Um, and if you have further questions or follow up questions, we have a podcast form, findingmrhyde.com slash podcast. Um, just like type in there the word use the word conflict and we'll use that to search. Um, if you have more questions, then we can add them to the list we already have. Great. All right. I am too sleepy. So too sleepy. But that has to be part of our merch too, by the way. We need sleep masks that say too sleepy. I agree. I agree. Did I tell you that I told the disco ball about that? No. 
Yeah. I've told him about a lot of our inside jokes. I also told him about lots of dogs here because he, oh, he wanted to know, like, he wanted examples of other nicknames. Okay. Like, he was like, what are some of the other nicknames that, like, he was like, you don't have to tell me, like, nicknames of guys you're dating, but, like, maybe, like, who's work dating? Like, what's, yeah. what's the guy she's dating's nicknames? Like, yeah, I'm not going to start telling you, but come back, kid. Yeah. Um, and so I told him about lots of dogs here and I told him the, like, story for it. And this actually, sorry, then I'll let you be sleepy. But, okay. um, so then we we were so I told him that and so then later is when we were he asked me the question about like what um what nickname I would give him or whatever and he, we were it was morning we had just woken up there are, the birds outside of his apartment window are so loud they actually wake me up holy shit and yeah they've woken me up all the times the three times now that I've woken up there and I, he was like, would you call me lots of birds here? That's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's really funny. Oh, I love um, it. So anyway, so I told him about the too sleepy and he was using it like the whole night that we were out. Like he'd be like, we it's, could go dancing or are you too sleepy? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not too sleepy. We're going dancing. He's like, great. No one's sleepy. Um, but you are sleepy. So go be sleepy. Thank you. I'm going to pass out. Yes, we will talk soon. Enjoy. Bye. Bye.